Real Please to Crown podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. You have a choice in podcasts. The fact that you choose mine, I appreciate it. Let me tell you what I'm doing today. I'm bringing someone back. I'm bringing somebody in based off of, um, you know, the feedback from my listeners. Okay. I hear you guys. I hear you. I see you. And what you're saying is you love when I put people in the top 2% in the hot seat. So here you go. <laughs> here you go. I've got another one for you. I've got a guy coming today, sitting in the hot seat, born and raised in Cocoa Beach, Florida. He's been surfing since he's five years old. And the part that I love is that he surfs with his three sons as well. He played soccer his whole life and went to college at San Jose State and played as a scholarship athlete. Very impressive. Graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Design and now has been in Chicago title for over 20 years. Uh, being in the title business, he was in as an assistant for his first few years, getting acclimated, meeting people, networking, you know, all over the place till it really clicked. Light bulb went off and he's like, I could do that. I'm going to do that. He did work himself up all the way the top 2% in the country and has held that spot over the past 10 years. He does it by going after a diverse group of people. He's got friends, really powerful, strong relationships in this business in all markets. He works in mainly commercial and a bit of it is in residential. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, Cameron Aldrich. Thanks, Lisa. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Great, great intro. Thank, Thank you so you. much for joining us. I mean, I'm sure there's pretty rad waves out there right now. And the fact that you're ditching that to come be on my podcast, I'm pretty honored. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you it. bet. You bet. So yeah. let's so dive fun. right in because what's happening is my listeners are like, oh my God, I can't. I, they're listening to the top 2% interviews multiple times, Cameron. I mean, I'm telling you, they're interested. So let's give it to them. Uh, give us a little bit of background on when you got started in title. Like, I know it was 20 years ago, but how did you work your way to the top? This is what my listeners want to know. How do you get to the top? Yeah. Um, well, I think when I got started initially, I was young and, you know, I started one year at a, another title company. I won't say which. And we all made a shift to Chicago title. And when I got there, I was like, wow, this place, I can do, I can do it all. It doesn't have to be just residential. It doesn't have to be subdivision or commercial. I can do everything here. So that was a huge um, thing for me, I think, to have a company that could that I could be at for a long period of time. So I was already thinking long game. This isn't going to be a sprint. This is going to be a marathon, right? Um, so yeah, started out of college and, and just knew that I kind of wanted, I loved people and I wanted to, to make a career out of being around people. And that, that was helpful. If, I think if you don't like people, you probably shouldn't be in this business, right? Agreed. So, I think I'm passionate about people. Yes. Um, and so you're passionate with people. You're a huge networker is what I know too. So the networking, are you going to events or you, is it on zoom? Is it in person? Like where have you seen like the bulk of your connecting with people? Yeah, it's a little bit of everything. I think as I've gotten further along in my career, I've gotten more sophisticated with it and I've had a lot more thought that goes into who I'm putting together. If I'm putting a bunch of apartment owners together and bringing city council or, you know, I'm putting a group together that's going to be very meaningful if people are going to show up to it. You know, initially and still today, I still put groups of workout classes together or guys to go surf together for or have a coffee together. We call it morning board meetings where we'll go out for a surf. Oh, that's and cute commercial banker and a commercial broker and we'll we'll go out and go for a surf and i'm connecting people i'm helping them make money um you know and, and down the road hopefully it comes back right but i think you have to be a giver in this business as well for sure oh a thousand percent i love how yeah. you go you know it's so funny because in our business really popular to take people golfing you take them surfing which is 
freaking yeah. awesome. Do you teach people how to surf? Um, I do. I have, I have had some, some clients of mine that wanted me to help, help their kids, for example. And we've done that. I've been able to do that with my boys and be a part of many different charities and taught people how to surf, you know, from the inner city. And it's been good. It's been great. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think to keep on the business aspect for me, to keep it interesting, I had, I had to involve it with my lifestyle. So my surfing or, or yoga or workout classes or soccer, it was all something I could do with clients and keep it interesting and keep it healthy. If that makes I sense. I love that. I love yeah. that. The timing of your, this podcast launching is so great because it's the top of the year. So it's like great to show people that we get to encompass healthy lifestyle into our teaching, coaching, consulting, vibing, right? Like I love how you're sure. reminding Thanks. us of that. It's so huge. I saw 2008 and I saw all these crazy times before 2008. And, and I just thought that's not going to, I'm not going to be able to sustain that type of, you know, going out to dinners every night or cocktails or whatever. We still have to do that today in today's world, but yes. I'm trying to incorporate five days a week, doing something healthy with people that I like and surrounding myself with like-minded people. I love that. Now yeah. walk me through. So we're at an event, right? We're at one of your events or we're doing yoga together or whatever. What's yeah. your, where's your tactic for really locking up meetings and business you know, because a lot of people do the personal touch aspect, which I think is a massive component in business development. But let's go to the next component. And that is, what is your tactic on getting someone to say, I'm going to choose you for title, Cameron? Um, you know, I've, I've had that instance several times where I thought in my head, maybe I could work with this person. That would be awesome. But I don't really pressure it up front. I'm a very, I would say I'm very soft in the sales where I, I'm do the long, long approach. If it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if we're like-minded, they're going to find out that, oh, Cameron works at Chicago Title or, or whatever title company, you know, these people work at. And that that's going to be something that they find out on their own. If, if they make the decision on their own, then it's better than me asking them to make the decision. So you go surfing or playing soccer or yoging with people who are not giving you title and you're just nurturing the relationship. Yeah. And most of the time, other people are, you know, providing them with my, my reputation and letting them know that we do a great job. And so your reputation is you know, don't flake on people, follow through, follow up all these things that are so important in our business. And you have to build that reputation over a period of years. Of course, it's hard when you first start out, but I think that you get a few, few people on your side, a few people cheering for you, and that helps your, your network grow. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed with that. Let me ask you, what do you feel your it factor is, right? You're, you are, up at the top of your game, you have been for 10 years. Why do people keep coming back to work with you? What is that it factor? Um, I think all of us, you know, have to realize this, this business is a little bit of a popularity contest, but when I first started, maybe, you know, I, I had some knowledge and I had a lot of energy and I was very good with follow up and follow through, but now I have a lot of knowledge and all of the combining factors together. People look at me as a, as a resource for them to connect them with the right person, or we have a huge database of people. And luckily I was able to work in the commercial side and the residential side, but I pushed myself to do that. I had to get uncomfortable and put myself in situations that I didn't necessarily know when I was younger, but I got to chance to be able to learn it. Mm -hmm. And I dove right into it. And now my network is, you know, 10 times bigger than it would have been if I would have just stayed in one sector of the market. So the broad network, putting everybody together, that's probably my factor more than anything at this point in my career. 
So you mentioned about knowledge, and I know a lot of people, even who are newer reps listening to this right now, that's a big thing for them that they feel weights them down. And what I try to tell them as a coach is knowledge, we're always being a sponge. We're always learning and evolving. It is a long game with knowledge. I still learn about stuff in the title business 25 years later. So what's your advice to people who are like, I'm not very title knowledgeable? Right. I think you have to dive right in. You have to ask questions. You have to, even when I was an assistant for five years, you know, I had to almost juggle this business that I didn't know much. So I had to call, talk to escrow, talk to title, talk to customer service, ask questions, be a good listener, retain it, write it down if you have to, and learn more about the pieces of our business, the different policies, the indemnity packages, the loss of priority. You know, I felt so uncomfortable with construction loans when I first started in the business, and now I probably could give a seminar on it. So I, I feel like the, those pieces, it takes time. It takes a good, you know, 10 years to build. And then I still talk to people, like you said, that have been 30, 40 years in the business and they're, they're still learning things. That's mm-hmm. what keeps it interesting for me. Yeah, I totally. Love I love yeah. how you're saying something similar to, I did a podcast with uh, Valerie Grijalva at Las Vegas. She's a county manager and she's just gotten this county manager role. And she's like, I am scared. I'm out of my comfort zone. I'm asking so many questions. It's nice that you guys have a parallel in response on that. Cause I think people get nervous to sound dumb, which I've asked a billion dumb, if you want to call them dumb questions, but they're questions to get, you know, more educated on these things. So I love how you guys both said that if you haven't listened to that podcast. You guys should, because um, it's that same kind of thing of, of how we are willing and down to make mistakes. You're down to make mistakes, Cameron, right? Sure. Yeah. And you have to just write things down and ask questions. And if a client asks you something, say, Hey, I'm going to get the answer for you. And I'm going to get back to you, you know, and they'll, they'll appreciate that. You have all the There's resources. Nothing wrong with that. Right. So, I love it. You know, yeah. so you're, you do a lot in the commercial space, you know, and I have people predominantly who are in residential. I have a lot of commercial following as well and coaching commercial, but I have uh, people who are in residential that want to pick up 10 or 20% in the commercial space, in the investor space. What's some feedback you have for somebody to kind of transition and tap into that market? Yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. It was like kind of an accidental thing for me initially, which was buying an investment property before I bought my house. We just kept renting and I bought an investment property. When I did that, I never realized this. And I still t- today after buying more units or more, more doors is that people will start calling me for for coffees and for meetings because I own a property. So to a young person and starting the business, I would say, if you can, if you can, I say this all the time at coffees with 20 something year olds is go and buy investment property, live in the front unit, rent out the back two or three, and then you're going to start to be in the game. You'll understand how to finance it. You'll understand the commercial aspects, especially if it's a five unit plus property. But a lot of my commercial guys are selling, you know, two to four unit properties still. So you're getting an investment property you live in. You're learning how to maybe sell it and exchange to something else. You're learning all the ins and outs. And I wish I would have done that even earlier than I did. Um, But now I'm owning properties, playing a little monopoly. I'm involved with my clients. I'm learning and listening from them. I'm doing a lot of things they're doing right. So I have a lot of smart people around me and I'm getting more intelligent as we go. Right. So to to get in the commercial space, you have to surround yourself with obviously commercial people. I was playing soccer and surfing and doing everything with everyone under the sun. So it was, it was more like everybody was doing a different piece of our market, whether it was hospitality, multifamily, residential, um, you know, commercial banking, uh, real estate attorneys. It was a little bit of everything. So, you know, some of these people are kind of afraid to get into those pockets of our industry, but you just need to 
kind of fake it till you make it. You really have to just learn and listen from all your friends and clients and be able to do everything. Don't just limit yourself to one thing, which is a residential territory. In my mind, the future of our business is doing it all. So that's what I was lucky to do from a young age. I'm so glad you brought up the investment piece too, because I've been an investor for over 20 years. I will say um, I learned so much from all my properties, all my doors all over, and I buy in different states. I kind of like it out and about. Um, But I will tell you something too, which is like a little tip is no one mails me, Cameron. I don't know if you notice. I don't get a lot of mail as an absentee owners. Guys, you got to get in front of your realtor partners and be like, you need to send mailers to the absentees. Yeah. We don't know what's going on in other markets. Yeah. It's funny. Most of my stuff's here in San Diego, but it's, it's cool to get a call once a week, at least from a broker that wants to meet up for coffee or something. I'm like, yeah, I'll take a meeting with you. And by the way, who do you use for title and escrow? So I'm getting cold called, which is great. You know, I mean, it's, I'm reversing it now. (laughs) So that's a little bit how you get that business. You're asking for it. I like that. I like that. Yeah. It's great meeting (laughs) meeting with people. Lower market. It's harder with the long game in a slower market when people need orders now. So I'm kind of like, what's your tactic to like, get that deal. Now you straight up asking. You know, you know, I, I think the hardest part as a young person though is saving that initial investment to buy a property and nobody really wants to do it. They want the shiny car, they want the house and all these things. But then that that um that delayed gratification is what nobody's really willing to do. So I just had to scrape together that initial deposit to get my first deal. And I think as young people in our business, I hope that in this next market, this next run, that they'll they'll think about that. Yeah, that's such a Good nugget to drop there. Thank you for that. So what's your perspective on the shifted market and like how have you adapted and adjusted your sales through our change? Um, I, I think you have to always be willing to change habits. I, I'm doing things every day, maybe differently. I'm trying to keep it interesting for myself. You know, I've talked to, as a young person, a lots of top producers at our company and some guys will just fly by the, or girls will fly by the seat of their pants and just call on everybody and do everything. And some people are in a very, structured environment where they do the same thing every day. I personally get bored with, with that. I want to kind of change it up every day. So whether I'm doing coffees or surfs or in-person meetings or Zooms or driving to another area, uh, Los Angeles or Orange County, I'm uh, or flying to a bank in Las Vegas or, or Reno, like I'm doing things now to keep it interesting for me and to make myself continue to grow and push myself. So changing habits. I think I like is, that. is something and investing in yourself, investing in yourself. How can someone thing. invest into them into themselves? Well, I think not only the time that you're putting in this business, you know, but you're investing in maybe yourself financially. Maybe you don't have the money to fly here or fly there, but you're putting on a credit card. You're investing in yourself and, and you, the, that you're mentally, you're, you're staying positive and you're staying um, confident that you're going to be a successful person at your, your title and escrow company, no matter what. Love that. Yeah. That's spot on. Love that so much. Um, so ultimately, in your opinion, so like like yesterday, I just ended up one of my programs with new people. It's zero to three years in title sales. They go into a six-month program called the Elite Degree, and they graduated yesterday. And I always say, I ask one final question before we hang up, right? And someone on the call says, Coach, how do I get in the top 2%? So I was like, oh, I'm going to save that question. Well, I answered awesome. it a little bit like, hey, who's the, I said, this is what yeah. I said. You want to know what I said? I said, who's the top 10, 2% at your operation? And she told me the person's name. I go, you got to kick her ass. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But I love now, it. aside from yeah. that, how does yeah. someone who's new get mm-hmm. to the top 2%? Well, 
patience. You have to have that long game in your head. It's not going to happen right away. You need to have diversity in clients because no matter what the market's doing, you're going to have stuff going on. So diversity in clients means, real, like I said, real estate attorneys, residential lenders, commercial lenders, commercial brokers, commercial principals. I'm really working with a lot of commercial principals now because they direct everyone who they're going to work with in title and escrow. So they're the they're the top of the of the food chain, yes. right? So to say, so if you start thinking about that even early in your career, by the time you're where I'm at or 10 years in, you're, you're going to have a good network of commercial principals or residential principals, whatever it is. And they're telling the banks who to work with. Um, so relationships, you know, getting in the top 2% is follow up, follow through, never flake, be, you know, show up, show up, never not show up. Right. And, and if you continue doing that for a long period of time and you build these good habits, you'll eventually get there. How do you, you find the pr- how do you find the principal commercial person? Like I know when we hold title, like getting it from the farm department, you're, you're yeah. just going to be getting these LLCs and there's no numbers and all this stuff. Where can someone really do some good research to find um, getting to those principles? Or is it over time starting with the gatekeepers and working your way up based on research? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just being in the business, them hearing your name, you hearing their names, you know who the players are in your market, and you start to develop relationships or ask for coffees, they start to respect hearing your name and all these contracts and things, and then, then they take a meeting with you eventually, you know, so you keep trying, you're relentless in your in your pursuit, but without being too, too pushy, mm-hmm. and, and they also start to see the value in you as a business person. I think a lot of times on the residential side, it's so emotional, on the commercial side, it's more business to business. And, and they start to see me as a business partner. And that's important. I think the being a business partner, and if your young people can think about that from the very beginning, just being a business partner to people, not a vendor. Love that. I never, ever wanted to be a vendor. I wanted to be a business partner from day one. Love so, that. So if I'm a top okay. commercial broker and I mm-hmm. say to one of my reps that I'm coaching, what can you do for me as a commercial mm-hmm. broker to help me expand and build my business? Where's you know, some things that come top of mind that's important or good questions to ask? Well, I ask the, the commercial brokers, I really dive into what they specialize in, what, you know, whether it's vacant land, whether it's a commercial, industrial, um, retail, and you're, you're really asking questions and deciding, you know, what, what do they specialize in? Because I have so many guys that specialize in different sectors of our market. So when you have that database in your head or back back on your, in your office, in your database, when you come across a property that's maybe off market and you're driving properties or you're seeing properties, you're able to connect them with potentially an off market deal. You know, that's, that's the, that's the goal in all of this is making Mm -hmm. sure you're a good listener. You're following up, you're following through what you said at the coffee. Hey, I'm going to keep an eye out for you for those types of properties. Not everybody can do it, but I, I tend to try to follow through with those promises and, and, and connect them with the people that they need. And I always tell them, Hey, if you need anything from us, let me know. At a title company, we have so we have a big database of all types of people. So if you need any attorneys or whatever it might be, let me know. You're a great um, doc connector. So you're really putting yeah. deals together. That's kind of your headspace right. a bit. Right. Absolutely. Which I love. Yep. I love because that's yep. music. And it to takes their time. Ears. It takes time to get there, but if they start thinking about that now, they're going to be light years ahead. Yes, love. That's even something they could do a database on, right? These guys can really help get us vacant land off market deals. These guys can help us get industrial, da da da. So like literally starting a database and filling it with that information. So your your dot connecting isn't in your brain, you have it down on your paper. Absolutely. Or yeah, system. Absolutely. Sorry, you're in your system. Yeah. You yep. you know, you 
listening to you, it's like, it's, it's so refreshing. Somebody who brings like mental and mind and body and soul work into what they do. I think that's just so much easier to connect to a person. And I, I just really appreciate that. Can you talk to us a little about some of the rituals you do and something important for someone who's like, I'm eating fast food I'm drinking diet Cokes. I'm not working out. I'm a shit show over here. What advice do you have for them or what rituals are you doing? Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, just, you know, putting pe- like-minded people in scenarios where you can do a workout together or a yoga together, and then you have to eat healthy. And yes, I'm a very energetic person, but I get up early. I mean, I think the, I heard a long time ago, and it's very true that most people who get up really early are the most successful. And it's just having extra hours of the day. You're also a little more fired up. You, you, I mean, and with, with me, I like to do a, a workout or a surf in cold water early in the morning. And that cold water energizes me like a, like a cup of coffee. So if I make that a morning ritual and I'm also meeting clients to surf, I'm killing two birds with one stone and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm fired up for the day. I think I told my kids the best work days I've ever had is surfing early in the morning. And when I don't do it, you know, I'm just not as I'm not clicking as much. And I think a lot of it has to do with the cold water. People talk about doing these cold water dips, right? You see, you see on social media now, all this stuff, but you know, I've been doing it in the ocean for a while. So getting up early, what time? Early, um, I would say five to five 30 okay. for me is, is about right. Because I'm able to prepare and do something before the sun comes up or when the sun's coming up. And then I've, I still do workout classes with clients at nine o'clock, right? I do boxing at you know, seven o'clock at night. So things change. And again, adapting and changing your routine with people that you want to be around is is important. So I love that. Thank you for that. Cause I think there's just some people who are kind of off their game as far as their health journey and being that we're at the top of a year on this podcast. I just, you know, is there anything right now, any like three things or five things we should do if we don't surf or play soccer or do yoga? Like, is there something that you can give us some tips? People ask me that all the time. I'm like, you could do anything. You could do a spin class. You could do a Pilates class. You know, it's about doing things with people. If you can, that are in your business, if you're killing two birds with one stone and you're enjoying hanging out with again, positive like-minded people. And I try to surround myself with positive people. If I do a trip somewhere or a vacation somewhere, I'm whether they work with me or not, I'm surrounding myself with like-minded positive mm-hmm. people who are energetic and want to do the same things. So, um, I think people can choose how they want to form their business in their life, especially if they're young in this business and they can choose how their roadmap is going to look. They can continue eating fast food and doing this and running crazy and still do a good amount of business maybe, but they might not last as long as I am or other people might who are going to exercise and eat healthy and do things with their clients. Right. And your network builds while you're being healthy. Love, so, love it. Love that. Yeah. So, um, we all want to know what's your approach yeah. kind of going after those big mega producers, you know, mm-hmm. as you think about building your business over 20 years, when there's a big time, let's go residential mega targets. Mm-hmm. What's your approach? I think just adding value. And I know it's harder on the residential side because everybody maybe wants, what can you do for me kind of thing, but you have to add value. What's your value? Um, and, and I think my approach is the slow approach. I'm not going to go in there and guns blazing, you know, send me your business. I just don't, that's not me. It's a, it's a longevity type thing. And you're not always going to land the big fish right away. Maybe it's meant to be two years from now or three years from now. You have to realize timing is everything. And um, they might have a bad experience somewhere else. And you're just always there. You're relentless, but not in a, not in an annoying way. You're relentless in a, in a uh, supportive way, if that makes sense. 
It does. And so I don't have this, this secret sauce for going after a mega producer other than adding value, following up, following through and being there, showing up. So are you someone that picks up the phone calls? Do you text? Do you send a video? Do you walk in front of their face? A little bit of everything. I'm, I like face-to-face -face a lot more. I think it's a lot more powerful, especially for me. I like to connect with people and be genuine. And I want them to feel that. Maybe they did see that in person more. And um, I, I don't do social media that much, but I do I do some. I think it's a little of everything. What you, everything you just mentioned, you have okay. to do a little of everything. And I, and I really believe in having spokes you know, 10 spokes, you have to be in, in my market. It's like, I have 10 spokes of where my revenue is coming from. It's not just one thing. So the same with how are you going to relate to a client? Some people like text, some people like phone calls you know, on a closing. Some people like, um, you know, in-person meetings, you have to do a little of everything and be prepared to do that. The hustle, right? The hustle, the hustle. Yeah. exactly. But I mean, you have, to, you have to enjoy it and you have to be passionate about it. I love it. I know I can tell you, you love what you do. So yeah, if you don't love it, then I guess it's hard. It's hard to do to be the best at it. But I want to be the best, and I have like goals and targets. I want to do set goals for myself, you know, no matter what, and I want to continue getting better and improving every day. So some people don't love it right now, or feel burnt out, or the market's getting the best of them. Hence why I did a podcast called "Who Gives a Shift." Get out of that negative story and that's running get, rolling game in your head over and over and over again because that's going to be who you are because what you're setting yourself up for. So what is your advice for somebody who's kind of lost their luster? I love markets like this for me. Um, I remember back in 2008 when I got started and how many people I met in, in those down years where it was the worst real estate market ever, you know, in history, as they say. And I was out meeting people and, you know, there's a lot of people that went away. A lot of title and escrow companies went away and I was out there hustling and, and making relationships and connections. And, and I enjoyed it. Um, maybe it was a time in my life that I didn't meet, need to make a ton of money, but it really is not about the money for me. It's more about the achievement and all the relationships and people around me. The money is great, but it's more about how many people can I connect with and I enjoy and I'm passionate about people. So during that time when it was not a good market, I met the most people I've ever met probably in my career. So I'm going to do it again right now. Yeah. And, and, and I'm excited about it now because I have more resources to do it. Right. Indeed. So that's so good. It's exciting. Yeah. It's that's exciting so times right now. Have, yeah, you ever calcula it. have you ever calculated your stats on how many people you generated business from by taking them surfing or playing soccer or yoga? Have you ever put a number to that? Tell right. us about we're that. Putting we're, we're, we're putting in categories and we're trying to make sure that I know who all my surfers are and golfers. So when we do any event where we need to put people together, we can basically say, okay, you know, these are the people that really enjoy this or really enjoy, you know, the outdoors or whether it's um, hiking or whatever it might be for all these people. But you can have a little bit of a category of people that, hey, this is, these are all like-minded people that love these activities. And it just makes it easier to, to keep things organized, especially when you're going to go big in the future with how many people you're working with. And it becomes harder and harder to juggle um, the relationship. If you don't have it organized. The follow-up and the follow-through. Yeah. And, and my assistant and I try to keep a lot of details and a lot of notes. Um, I wish I had that when I was a title rep. I, I what a nugget dropped. Oh my God. I'm looking back like, God, I could think I could see the people I used to go walk with. I could see yeah. the people who loved to party. I could see the people who wanted to read books together. I never clumped them together. I just did what I did when I did it. And so I really right. love how you created a personal database like that. Thanks. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of databases out there, CRMs that your people can use. I don't have to drop 
funny names everybody kind of knows, but you can create it how I had to have somebody come in and create it how I wanted it from my business Yes. and set up, yes. set up some categories and some things. And again, I had to invest in myself. That was a good amount of money I had to spend to do that, but I wanted to set it up for the future for the next 20 years. How's it going to look? So, so in your CRMs, do you create like drips with these people and automation through it? We, we can, a lot of times I, I have to improve on that this next year and we have to, I can break it up from all my commercial lenders, for example, and I can send out one marketing piece that relates well to them. I, yeah. I send out generally marketing pieces that relate to everyone in real estate. That's very helpful. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's easier, but I need to get better at targeting, you know, certain groups all together. And, and we're going to be working on that this year a lot, which is what a great nugget for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly exactly you got exactly. that's what you tell me about listening to my podcast you go you know after an old dog you know learning new tricks i get little nuggets from yourself and i love when you said that so thank you for that oh yeah i loved your podcast and it really thank helps you. me it does it's great it's great for me and i gotta push myself every day right no matter yeah. how what you're doing and where you're at you gotta push yourself to get better yeah so. i love that thank you so yeah. much so I, I i know you gotta get back out there busy guy i want to say this to close yeah. in life or in business what do you know for sure I know I saw that question on there and I'm like, I mean, you have to show up, you have to show up. And I, I, I just think that I'm, I'm, um, I'm confident in people and I, and I love people. That's what I know for sure. I'm confident in them. And I, and I think that we all, we all need to continue, you know, having confidence in, in, in human beings. Yeah. That's my, that's my thought. I love so, that. Yeah. I love that. Thanks. Give me the chills. Thank you for yeah. that. Cameron, what a great interview. I loved picking your brain today. You're really cool. You do things different. I love the whole personal aspect that you, you know, we you weave into your work. I like how you got this whole kill two birds with one stone. I get to work out and I get to be with people. I like that you're a soft sale. People think to be in the top 2%, you have to be a hard salesman and bust out, give me the business. You know, why didn't I get that last deal? And I do love how you look at this business as the long game, like your patience is infectious. And I think that's where a lot of people lose sight because they want it now and they get defeated and they get deflated and they talk themselves out of success. And you really put it back into perspective today. So thank you so much for being with me today um, and get real with Lisa Graham podcast and being in our spotlight. We really appreciate you being here. Thanks Lisa for having me. It was a great time. You bet. Thank you. Good luck out Bye. there. Thanks. Bye-bye.